Small businesses are the backbone of America, and they help keep the Texas spirit alive. But did you know as many as 50% will close their doors forever after just five years? Well, we're here to change that. This is The Beef. We know how tough it is to be an entrepreneur today. We're giving small business owners a platform to share their story. You'll hear it all. The highs and the lows, the good and the bad, and everything in between. This is The Beef Podcast, presented by Beefy Marketing in partnership with Community Bank of Texas, an FDIC member and equal housing lender. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of The Beef. I'm your host, John Kelly, a.k.a. John the Marketer on Instagram. I've got with me today Troy with SOS. Troy, thank you for being on the show. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you for having me here. Absolutely, man. I can't wait to get into this. But, you know, like I told you before we started, I like to start off with a little icebreaker question here. So do you like to plan things out in detail or are you a spontaneous type of guy? Oh, it depends on what I'm doing. <laughs> I find usually when I plan things out in pretty good detail, it goes better, whether it's a vacation or anything. But spontaneous is I do get those moments. Mostly that's for recreation. All right. So before we get started with all this, I've got to take a second to talk about our partner, a tremendous sponsor for this podcast, Community Bank of Texas. They know that especially now, the experience and availability of a banking partner is crucial. They're here to help and support your business, and their bankers have been working diligently to give clients the support that we need during these challenging economic times. As a business owner, a lot of things keep me up at night. My bank shouldn't be one of them. When you bank with Community Bank of Texas, you have the freedom to focus on your business commitments instead of worrying about how committed your banker is to you. Community Bank of Texas is proudly committed to partnering with you and your business through it all. The short-term hurdles, long-term growth, countless new directions. When it comes to doing business, they simply deliver a better banking experience. They're a foundation you can build your business on for decades to come. Community Bank of Texas is business banking, better banking, member of the FDIC, and an equal housing lender. Business or recreation, I am totally spontaneous, and I don't mean to be. I try my hardest to be as planned out as possible. My wife is not like that at all. She's totally planned. And if it doesn't stick to the plan, then she's upset about it, I can guarantee you. Oh, yeah. My wife and I, we went European vacation now back before COVID, and we had always planned museum trips and everything. Got bored with that this time. We told our travel agent, just book us a good hotel And it was in uh, Munich, and all we did is walked around, and man, we bumped into some amazing things. If we had planned the trip, we wouldn't have. I mean, from a German jazz festival to a food festival to bumped into a a carnival, all that, if we would have planned everything out, it would have probably been major tourist attractions and wouldn't have caught all those things on the side. Absolutely. I mean, like you said, you know, I think it's uh, important in certain instances to be well-prepared. But spontaneity, that's life. You know, you get to live some of those moments that you would have never had before. I know your your wife was telling me that y'all are avid divers, I believe. Oh, I'm an avid diver. My wife, after more than 20 years of marriage, decided to go ahead and join in because I got both my daughters certified. I actually used to scuba for a living in Florida Keys for a few years. That was just kind of a sideline I got into to kind mm-hmm. of take a break till I decided where I was going to go next and to what I'm doing now. Absolutely. And definitely what I'm doing now, which is retirement planning, 
you don't want any spontaneity in that. You want to plan well ahead because not planning well ahead for your retirement can leave your retirement wanting and you just don't want to struggle in retirement. That's not the time in your life you want to do any struggling. I couldn't agree more. So that's why I think the show is so important for our listeners because without a good retirement, you're not going to have time to do anything. Scuba dive, heck, even just pay your regular bills. And I think that we're kind of in this place where we're comfortable. We think Social Security, I work somewhere good, it's got a nice retirement, I'm going to be okay. But in reality, I think most of those fall short, and I think you'll probably have a lot more to say about that. So let's get into it. Tell us about you, who you are, and how you wound up becoming an entrepreneur. I became self-employed pretty much when I got out of the military when I was in my early 20s. My father was a Navy man. 34 years. I mean, just fanatical about it. And that was great for him. I got in, did one uh, skit in the Navy and I decided I don't like to be told what to do. (laughs) So I got out, but that was back in the uh, early 80s. Just got through with uh, Jimmy Carter. Reagan had just come into power. Interest rates were way up there. Quite frankly, at that time, if you were retiring, it was great. You could get CDs and the double digit interest However, unemployment was extremely high. I ended up settling in York, Pennsylvania. I'll give you an example. I went to show up for a job at a local restaurant. They advertised for one waiter, one dishwasher, 400 people showed up for the interviews. <laughs> wow. And I took that job for a while and meet some buddies of mine. Uh, we started a business. We got a department store maintaining their floors. At first, it was just the three of us. We grew it. I ended up breaking off. They bought me out because I I wanted to move out of the Pennsylvania area. I also decided I didn't like living in the cold. So Mm. I moved down south and started one up down there and grew it up to about 50 employees. And I actually took it and sold it off to two employees. And then I took a break down in uh, the Florida area. That's when I got into I I knew I wasn't going to stay in that. But I tell you what, it, it was fun while it lasted. I was single then. (laughs) Oh, yeah. There you go. (laughs) Raising a family like that wasn't good. So I uh, ended up moving back to California where I was raised. And I ended up meeting my now current wife. And I was looking for something to do that I had experience in. So when I say experience, I had experience in being self-employed, running my own company. My brother-in-law talked me into working with him just doing Medicare at the time. I did that for him for a little over a year, and uh, everybody's heard of this company, Mutual of Omaha. Oh, yeah. There you go. Yeah. When I was a kid, every Sunday, you sat down for Mutual of Omaha's Wild Kingdom and Disney. You did dinner, and then you watched those two shows, and then it was usually off to bed. But Mutual of Omaha came in and offered me a position because of my background and experience. They were only opening three offices that year in the entire country, and so they had me open one of them in uh, Fresno, California. I did that for them for several years. People, sometimes when you think about Mutual of Omaha, you think insurance, but they were offering mutual funds at that time. And they also contract with some broker dealers for us. So we ended up doing a lot of retirement planning because of the small farmer in that area, there was a lot of farmers retiring. They were selling off their acreage because the, the day of the small farmer, there's still some of them out there. It's a shame. is gone. And it started going away at that time. So we were helping a lot of them with their retirement planning. That's how I got into that. Cut to the chase, a long story how we ended up here in Texas. (laughs) My boss who had hired me for Mutual of Omaha came along and said, hey, I secured a position for me and all of my managers because he ran all of Northern California with Massachusetts Mutual. Do you want to come? Offered me a pretty sizable pay raise to go with him and work for Mass Mutual. So I went ahead and I was looking for a change at the time anyway. I actually only worked for Massachusetts Mutual for about 
oh, less than a year. And then my wife uh, got the sudden urge to move here to Houston. This is actually where she was born, raised in California. She's got a ton of family out here. So we moved out here. We're going on 16 and a half years now. And we decided to go, you know, what's called independent. So we can offer basically any product out there. We decided to get into not just Medicare. My wife handles that part, but I do uh, the retirement planning. And we've been doing that here. Our office is in the Tomball area. I was even on the radio in this area, 950 AM radio, preserving your money show for a number of years. I think I told you earlier before <laughs> when oh, we yeah. started recording, I, I kind of got out of that because I was not a political show. And we, half the phone calls we were getting was about politics. So I pulled off of there and started doing more direct workshops to try to talk to people because that's what the Preserving Your Money show was about, is to talk to people about what retirement planning actually is. A lot of people are out there confused about it. And I actually let people know most likely there's more than a 90% chance if you're approaching retirement or in retirement, you're not really working with somebody who does retirement planning. Most people are surprised to hear that. So expand on that a little bit. Whenever we walk into a company and we think that these financial planners are taking care of us and handling all of that, how are they not? What, what are they not doing? I wouldn't say, this is what I tell people is I don't disparage that they're not, but true retirement planning engulfs a number of things. Okay. I forgot to ask you, John, how old are you now? 33. Okay. 33. Most men actually don't start planning for retirement till about 35. The women are smarter than us. They do it at an average age of about 25. <laughs> And ideally, 30 or prior is when we should, right? I always tell somebody as soon as possible, if you go to work somewhere and they're offering you a matching 401, hey, at least do the match. That's free money, a great way to get a start. But what I was trying to get to when it comes to retirement planning is everybody gets so involved in growth, 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 growth. Now, in California, this was easy to explain to farmers. If a farmer out there was planting peach trees, he had a couple of years of growing it. I forget how many years they had to grow it before they could, I think it was at least three or four years before they could harvest their first yield. And what you do when you're growing something and what you do when it finally has got matured full growth and you're ready to harvest its yield are two different things. That's the same way with the retirement planning. Boy, you really focus on growth, 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 growth. Until you get to the time when you're going to retire and you need to start focusing more on yield and how to harvest your crop, which is your money. Okay, because you work for your money all of your life. And when you retire, your money is now supposed to work for you. And retirement planning is more than just making as much money as you possibly can without losing it. And that's what a lot of advisors out there are. There's Social Security is involved. We hit on Medicare, which my wife and also my daughter a couple of years ago got involved with the family company here, and she's uh, being trained in, in handling that now. So there's Social Security, Medicare, taxation, and then trying to focus on how to draw income from your money. You still want some growth out there. All these things come into play. Some of the largest losses of income in retirement, most people think it's stock market loss. It's not. It's paying too much tax, health. There was a, uh, oh, I forget his name now. This was years ago. He was a certified financial planner. He called it HIT, okay? Health, inflation, taxes. Those are the three biggest things that will destroy your retirement. Not the stock market, not what people commonly think. Health, inflation, taxes. And a lot of people, that's the last thing they plan for because they're so much worried to get focused on yield, yield, yield. And a lot of times a person they've been working with a number of years, that's what they focus on, growing their money. 
And then when they get to that time, okay, now I need to harvest it. I need to avoid the taxes. I need to, you know, can kind of look at health inflation and taxes as those pests that are attacking your tree, mm-hmm. <laughs> attacking that fruit you're trying to harvest, so to speak. So retirement planning is a lot more than just trying to make you as much money as possible and not run out or not lose it, but it's taking taxation into to account, health into account, and put Definitely right now, you really want to start looking at inflation. Absolutely. No, it's it's been killer. Everything has gone up, it seems. And I know we've always said that. It seems like every year, everybody has a story about how something's gone up, but it really has skyrocketed the prices of everything. I'll give you an example, too. We talk about retirement planning. And if, if somebody's over the age of 55, we have a social security discussion, a serious one. When it comes to their plan, now some people go, okay, 62 is the earliest you can take it. Why do you want to do it that far out? The reason you do it that far out is the way Social Security works. There's not going to be time on the show to explain that. But the way Social Security works is you want to time your assets to work along with your Social Security, and you're going to want to set your assets up accordingly far in advance. And a lot of people don't do that. And then end up paying the price. They end up either losing money that they could have harvested in their Social Security income, or they end up paying way too much tax. I'll give you an example. Social Security, I don't think this is going to stay for you. (laughs) I don't think there will be Social Security Uh, when I get to retirement age. (laughs) I think there will be. But like right now, retirees can actually set up a plan and make their Social Security tax-free. Now, I think people your age, I'm over 55, people my age are still going to probably keep that benefit. People under the age of 50 are probably going to lose that taxation benefit. Or I may be 45, but I'll give you an example. But the further you plan in advance on that, the better you off are on it. And a lot of people have just never had that done. They'll sit down, whether they're with a broker dealer and an investment advisor, and they'll just say, when are you going to retire? And they'll either say, hey, take Social Security then. They might show them a little bit about how Social Security works. Most of them don't even do that, and that's how it works. And there's just a lot more to it than that. We set it up to not only get you to get as much out of your Social Security as possible, because then that means you're going to spend less of your own assets, Mm -hmm. but also how to pay less tax on your own assets and using that in conjunction with your Social Security. People just have never seen this before. A lot of times our average person that we set with, we offer a a three appointment process at no obligation, no charge. And they're amazed at what they see. They've never had it done before. Because again, like I said earlier, less than 10% of the advisors out there don't do it. And it's not to disparage any of that. A lot of good advisors out there, but most of their clients are not people approaching retirement or in retirement. Our average age of our client is in excess of 50. So we focus on all those things. But we kind of have to educate people on what retirement planning actually is so they can see the benefit of it. So what is your ideal customer? Are you hitting your target market over 50 or are you trying to reach some people my age or even younger? We're trying to hit some that are a little younger because they're going to have a unique set of circumstances. One, Social Security is just not going to have the same benefits that it has now. I would probably say anybody 45 and younger is going to have to realize that. But usually when I get people that are under the age of 45, usually I, st- I have a few exceptions. They're usually kids of my clients. My youngest client I ever had come in, and I've never seen somebody this conservative ever. And my <laughs> had a 20-year-old come in worried about retirement planning. And that's because his parents are very, very conservative people, very smart. They've got a very nice retirement. And they said, you know what? We could have even done better if we'd started earlier. So 
that's my youngest client. But again, this I would never have got them through any of the sources we normally get through from. And we get a lot of our business from referrals nowadays. But our target is usually in excess of 45. Our average age of our client, if we averaged it all out, is going to be 55 plus. But we're starting to get a lot of 50-year-olds these days. They're just realizing the need to take a serious look. A good 10, 15. We recommend, used to be you'd watch programs, advice, and they would call five years the red zone. Those days are over. 10 years prior to when you want to retire is now the red zone. You should already have a plan, an actual retirement plan, not an investment plan, a retirement plan Mm -hmm. set up 10 years prior to retirement. Once you're into 10 years, you're starting to cause yourself to possibly lose money. I've had people sit with me, well, I've got five years, I got time. And no, okay. If I sit with a 55-year-old and most of them want to retire when they're 65, that's common because that's when Medicare kicks in. I want them to understand, no, you don't have a lot of time. Now's the time to set up a plan. You're in your red zone. I couldn't agree more. I mean, I know, so I know the answer to this, but do I have to be rich to come talk to a financial planner or a retirement planner? Do I have to have a bunch of money set aside already or am no. I, do I need to be ready to spend five grand a month on this thing? No, we decided a long time ago not to do that. I remember I met with a gentleman once. Now, this gentleman did have a lot of money. And he said, yeah, I went to meet with this one guy and you got to have at least $2 million to even sit and talk with him. I, I decided a long time ago, we don't ever want to be like that. I meet with people sometimes, now not, not much, but sometimes even people who are, who are needing help for Medicaid. And there's not a lot we can do as far as them becoming a client, but we can at least direct them to places. I'll sit and take the time. I'll give you an example. I got the 20-year-old. Okay. Now he came because of his parents' course. I'm going to take care of him. But if he'd have come in without them, no, he doesn't have much money right now. Let's face it, he's 20 years old. (laughs) Okay. But he's just doing a little bit. We would help. If he had come in without the referral, we would have helped him out. So we've got clients with very little money. And yeah, we do have multi-millionaire clients, but nobody has to have a minimum with us. We just decided a long time ago not to do that. and, And I think it's worked out well. I learned a while back, and you'll be disappointed in me because I say I learned a while back, probably 25, 26 years old, how important it was and how you didn't have to have much. You know, if all you can put in is $1,000 a year, that's better than $0 a year. That's the biggest message I see is anything is better than nothing. Start with something and then get a structure in place, move up. Now, fast forward, I'm 33 and I still haven't stepped in the retirement office or a financial advisor's office or anyone and talk to somebody. And I need to, you know, you're probably somebody I need to visit because I do think it's important for me. I feel like I'm behind the curveball by a minimum of three years, just because I've seen some things with compounding interest with the way that $5,000 a year from 30 until retirement age versus 35 until retirement age. I know we don't focus on your total yield, but you know, when you go from, I think it was six or 700,000 that you save up to a million, if you just started five years earlier, it's crazy. Yeah. Like I said, for somebody 33, you're going to focus mainly on growth because you're not taking the yield right now, so to speak. Like I said, this used to be easier. We just don't get a lot of farmers these days because the small farmer's gone. But that's what I try to explain to individuals is you're trying to grow everything. Now, you do want to have a plan for when the yield finally comes. And yeah, the sooner the better on that. But 33, you've got time. I do tell a number of people out there, and I started preaching this on our radio program, that you should start your retirement plan 20 years before you plan to retire. That's when you want to start actually looking at a retirement plan. 
okay, if you go up to 15 years before retirement, you're still okay. Once you get to 10, now you're at a point where if you if you wait till eight years before, every year you wait past, you're going to lose money most likely. That 10-year red zone we talk about. We encourage people 20 years ahead of time because then you're definitely, depending on who you are, and especially the more conservative you are, you probably want to start 20 years ahead of time. But you're 33. You're, you're, you're fine right now. I haven't found that extreme conservatism yet. <laughs> I wish I did, but there's too many flashy things I see that I still like. And we make smart decisions now because I'll tell you, we were in a pickle five, six years ago financially. It was rough. And then we made some really good decisions, came out of it ahead. And I think we're about to the point now where we need to start making some financial decisions on where we're going to start investing money. We've got a lot of great opportunities as far as our retirement plans that we have just from work and that kind of stuff. But obviously, I feel like we need to add to it for sure. Yeah, conservative doesn't always mean not take any risks. There's people who take risks, but they plan for things. Okay. Calculated risks. Yeah. Okay. You might get somebody who bungee jumps. Okay. That's considered risky. However, if you get a bungee jumper and says, look, I love doing this. I don't want to die. They're going to have backup lines, so on and so forth. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, if you get somebody out there who doesn't think about those things, that's that's what I can call a conservative can be a risk-taking person, but they back it up. So conservative doesn't always mean not taking risks. It just means making sure you've got a backup plan to catch you if you fall. That's a fair point. So walk me through becoming a customer or a client with you. What do I do? What do you offer? What's kind of the process of that? Oh, we're complete independent. So when it comes to retirement planning, I always tell people to look at financial vehicles you can invest in out there anywhere from stocks, bonds, mutual funds. That's the common thing. Annuities are usually for more conservative people. Gold. I mean, I could just sit here. We could talk for an hour. We would not run out of what there is to invest in. (laughs) We offer everything. Um, Partnered with a nice uh, registered investment advisory firm. They partner with us because they'll just tell you flat out they don't do retirement planning. So when somebody comes in and they go, well, what do you got? We got everything. Okay. We offer what's called an introductory appointment where we meet with somebody. We offer them at least 45 minutes to just come in and talk and find out if we're a good fit. If after discussing people, what I have to bring on that appointment you can bring whatever information you want to. I, the biggest thing I want to do is to show you how we can help. And then you decide if we can help you in your particular circumstances. Hey, if not, we shake hands, we part friends. I will say most people come back to see us again. And then we offer you two more after that where you actually bring us information, you know, statements you've got, when you plan to retire. We ask people, what kind of retirement do you want to have? You want to travel a lot? Oh, no, I traveled all the time when I work. I don't want to. I want to buy a boat. I want you to tell us all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Because remember, we're not just trying to set up your money to make the highest yield possible. We're trying to set up your money to kick in and at the right time to do what you want it to do so you can enjoy. So we ask all these different personal questions about the kind of retirement you want to have. We usually cover that on your second appointment. And that's when we get the information also where you're at in retirement, as far as how much you've saved, if anything, a lot, little, date you want to retire. And then the third appointment is usually we don't even offer you a complete plan at that time, but we'll usually just show you one or two things that would improve what you're doing. After that third appointment, you like what you hear, you keep coming, you'll most likely become a client. If not, you go, you know what, this just isn't right for me. Even after three appointments, you're not going to have paid us anything. We'll shake hands and part friends. So there's really no risk. 
no obligation. This is just a conversation to see what you can do to be smarter in the future. Our first three appointments are conversation. What we're trying to do, a first appointment, I always tell people, we're you're not just looking at us, we're looking at you. We want to find the right match. There's uh, certain Amen. types of people we look to work with. Yep. And if we're not a good match, it doesn't mean either one of us has got a problem. It just means we're not a good match. You may decide we're not a good match for you. And sometimes we decide that the, the other way around. But we'll have a good conversation. The second appointment is to really get to know each other. Third appointment's when we introduce one or two ideas. And it usually takes two or three appointments after that to put a full retirement plan into place. And again, even after the third appointment, it's a handshake obligation. People ask, well, how in the world can you do that? How do you get paid? We get paid one of two ways. On the investment side, they charge a fee, what they call AUM or assets under management. Anything that you do on the insurance side, okay, that's Medicare, annuities. There's a lot of tax benefits into a particular type of life insurance that's going on these days. You get paid a commission on that side, or I tell people a professional fee, commission, what have you. So we don't make any money if you until you actually hire us. And then we tell you fully how much we get paid, all that good stuff. Yeah, that was my next question. Because, you know, a lot of people, I'm sure that's their thing is, all right, well, what's the catch? Where do I pay? So on average, I guess most of your clients, do they just kind of pay out of that assets under management? Assets under management are going to be anything that you keep in the stock market. That's going to be stocks, bonds, mutual funds. I've been securities licensed before. I Carried three securities license. I was what's called acting. I carried six, 63, and a 26. 26 is because I was called acting principal since I managed <laughs> advisors and agents at the time. So any assets that were sold out of our office, I had to do the double check. I, so they call it acting principal. I'm the guy on site to make sure nothing's done inappropriate. When I got into this, I wanted to do retirement planning. And so I handle the conservative side, the insurance side, the investment advisor handles the risk side, anything. So the insurance side is always commission. That's the way it works. And the investment side is going to be assets under management. People, that's on a person by person basis. Of course, the more money you give them, the less they're going to charge you. But they've got a pretty good reputation. I've got two different firms I work with. Actually, because, hey, you might go to one and say, hey, they're not a good fit. And we send you the other one. The main one that I've worked with in the past, they have been in this area since 1984. Interesting CEO of that company. He was uh, 20 years in the Marines. Oh, wow. (laughs) I always tell everybody he's the calmest investment advisor I ever met. And I think that's he did two tours of duty in Vietnam. And I just think that gave him nerves of steel. Yeah. And he actually is a very large firm. And their firm introduced us to the smaller firm because the large firm got to a point where a lot of their advisors don't even look for more clients. They just kind of want to keep and manage the ones that they have. The smaller firm is actually a friend of theirs, but they're up and growing and you can get to see them a lot faster. But yeah, assets under management, it's what's called, they are a 65 license. That is an investment advisor, registered investment advisor. It is not a broker dealer. We encourage people out there and, and there's nothing wrong with broker dealers. I did business with them myself when I was new in the business. Usually every registered investment advisor with rare exceptions started out in the broker dealer. And then once they became knowledgeable, they become a registered investment advisor. What's the difference between a broker dealer and an investment advisor? I know you were asking about how they charge, but the difference between the two of them is a registered investment advisor can represent anyone. I'm not going to mention a particular broker dealer because I don't want anybody to think I'm disparaging. The common ones out there, there's a few of them, so I'll mention a bunch of them. And these are all good companies. I'll even say that. 
you got Charles Schwab, you got Edward Jones, AG Edwards. You, you, there's just a ton of them. I mean, you can just go down. These are broker dealers commonly. Okay. They have their own products, their own mutual funds. We're registered investment. So if you go to a particular broker dealer, guess which ones they're going to recommend? Theirs. Yeah. The house product. Most likely. Some broker dealers will allow some of their agents to sell for other companies. It's not common. Registered investment advisor can offer you anything, anything in the market. They're also paid what's called flat fee. Flat fee meaning no matter what they have your money in, they get paid the same. Right. So there's no persuasion to go with the house. Right. No, because there's no house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll give you an example. If, if a particular mutual fund you're in and, and the market's crashing, does it benefit the mutual fund company to have all their customers sell and get out? No, it'll make their funds worth less money. Right. <laughs> and so the investment advisor doesn't have that tie in his hands. He'll get out because he's going to get paid the same even when he's got you setting in cash. So they have a tendency to just be a better route to go as a registered investor. And that doesn't mean if you're with a broker dealer, that's a bad idea. There's a lot of good funds from all these companies. And I'm going to tell you, for the most part, the, the broker dealers will treat you right when it comes to doing it. I just tell people, if you want to look at possibly getting that extra edge, you probably want to interview some registered investment advisors out there and find one that's a good fit for you. But they charge what's called flat fee for service. So that's a good thing because no matter what they have you in, they're getting paid exactly the same. It, it tends to take the prejudice out of them. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I can see that. So if you could get anything across to a potential customer, or if you could just reach out to anybody right now that's considering coming to you to convince them and give them that 30-second spiel of why they need to come talk to you right now, what would you say? Setting up a good retirement plan is like anything. To me, the better you plan something, generally the better it's going to be. I mean, let's face it. If you sit down and build a house, do you want to build a house without a set of blueprints? Could you imagine hiring a contractor to build your house and he's going to wing it for you? Spontaneous. We talked about it at the beginning of the show. You got to be spontaneous every now and then. Some things are good spontaneity. (laughs) I I wouldn't want to see somebody build their dream home without a set of blueprints. You're probably, (laughs) you might not get a right idea across to the builder and he builds something wrong. I wouldn't Uh, mind seeing their home built like that. (laughs) Definitely not mine, though. So that's an analogy I use. Retirement plan is like building your dream home, something you're going to have. You know, it'll be the last place you draw your last breath. That's pretty much what a retirement plan is going to be. It's not over till you draw your last breath. You want to plan it well. The better you plan it, the better you're going to enjoy it. And you want if you can't enjoy retirement, that's not a good thing. What was life for? You did all this work for what? I yep. agree with you 100%. I always tell somebody, come, it's free to talk to us. At 45 minutes, it's free to talk to us. And I'm going to tell you, we have a number of people come in, talk to us with the 45 minutes. Don't do business with us right away. They go, you know what? I'm going to take your newsletter. We email it to them. I've had so many clients. I've been here in the Houston area for over 16 years. Every year, I get a client that I talked to two or three years ago. They come in for the first appointment. Go, I like what you had to say. I just don't think it's ready for, yep. hey, go that route. It's free to talk to us. If you don't like what you hear or it's not the right time for you, hey, come back to us later. But so I guess the spiel is 45 minutes of your time in our office and whatever time it took you to drive there and drive home, it's well worth it. You'll probably be glad you did. And a lot nicer than a timeshare presentation. Definitely. Yeah. Because it's definitely no pressure. <laughs> no <laughs> I'm pressure. Definitely right. a no, no, no pressure person. I don't like it done to me and we never do it to anybody ever. That's that California life. Yeah. Just 
no rules, right? I'd say more of the Florida life. That's, yeah. that's my state. <laughs> oh, I love Florida. Yeah, we visit Florida quite a bit. We yeah. we probably go every other year or so and try to take, you know, we took the kids to Disney this year and we went to Orlando for Universal Studios a few years back and it's a great place. Yeah. Florida's fun. When I left Florida, I lived about, oh, not quite a half hour above Key West and had a boat and did that for a living for a while. Man, <laughs> we got to hang out more because I love being on a boat too. So I don't know if you got one now, but. Nope. Not since I moved. You've been to Galveston. Oh, you walk up, to, you'll walk up to your ankles and you can't see your feet. You're not wrong. <laughs> I know. And that's the hard part. We We used to cruise before COVID. We would cruise every year. And seeing all that beautiful water out there, and then people are like, "Let's go to Galveston." I'm like, mm. "Yeah, I got kind of hooked on the Florida water." And I, for sure, first time to Galveston, I'm like, uh, "I love being by the beach, but I don't think I want to scuba in there. You can't oh, see anything." Oh gosh, no, <laughs> for sure. Right. Awesome. Well, how can we support you as both listeners or even small businesses? What can we do to drive traffic your way? What can we do just to help you out? Are y'all on social media? I know your website. Yeah, this is where we do a good thing. I sit with people and do the planning, social media and things like that. My lovely wife, Anna, handles it. I've got a 21-year-old daughter who's been great with computers, I guess, since kids are weird these days. They can handle computers from the time they're, they know more about them, basically, by the time they're eight years old. Mm-hmm. And she handles a lot of Facebook, social media sites we're on. For our small businesses, I even encourage small businesses themselves, try you know, set up a luncheon, call our office. And set up a lunch in for your employees. We'll usually sometimes even provide lunch or you provide lunch and we come there and talk. And if any of them ever want to meet with us on a retirement plan, we'll do a free presentation for them. Uh, I even do dinner sometimes where I invite people to that. It's a great way to break the ice and meet with us the first time. We invite people to come do those types of things. So if you're a small business, even if it's just you, talk to us. If you've got employees, talk to us, whether there's a few or a lot. And we can probably help you out with uh, some great retirement planning ideas. I think that's awesome, you know, because that's our philosophy here at Beefy Marketing is kind of the same, right? We'll give you all the secrets. We'll tell you everything you want to know about it. There's nothing secretive about what we do. But the thing is, you're not going to want to do everything that we're going to do for you after we get done telling you how. So then that's when we sell to you because, hey, we'll take care of it for you. Not a problem. And I think it kind of sounds the same way here. It's like I want to be more financially responsible and I want to make better decisions and plan these things out. But like I said, at the beginning of the show, I'm a spontaneous type of person. So the thought of sitting down and planning my retirement beyond just answering questions to you about what I want to do when I retire, it makes me sick to my stomach. So I think to have somebody (laughs) handle that for me and just say, Hey, the guesswork's done. You wanted a boat when you retired, you wanted a motorcycle and you wanted to be able to travel. Here's how you do it. Follow this plan. I think that's great. Yeah, and the type of planning we do, we see our clients every year because it's adjusting. Just like a lot of times you build, you know, you have a nice house, love it, but you make adjustments along the way. When it comes to how we make our money, things like that, I, I did business. I don't know if you're a football fan. I did business with uh, Fran Tarkington for a number of years. Uh, I don't even know if he's in this business right now. He was getting ready to retire about when I uh, went with a different marketing office. But I remember once talking about money, how you make your money. Uh, and he says, you know what? I'm in a business to help people. We all have to make money and I, I'm going to make money by helping you. But if I can't help you, then I'm not going to make any money off you. And we're the same way. We're going to help you. We can't help you. If we can't make your situation better, there's no reason to hire us. For sure. Marketing's the same way. Yeah. If we're not bringing you traffic, what are you paying us for? I can relate to that. 
always tell somebody you'll be in a better position after you meet with us and eventually hire us. If you're not, you're not going to hire us. So to get a hold of you, email address is info at sostroy.com. That is it. What's a good phone number for you? Uh, let's try 281-255-4752. Perfect. And preservingyourmoney.com. That That's is it. it. I love the domain. I think it's great because <laughs> it's exactly what it is. Yeah. You're trying to save us money so we don't spend it on that hit. Yeah. I always tell everybody I'm not a marketing expert. That My wife handles that. She came up with all the names and different things like this. She does and does a great job and it makes it so I don't have to mess with it and I can focus on people's retirement plans. I think we need to get you on a podcast though. Not just this one. I think you need your own podcast. All right. Because I think you got a lot of really awesome information. I truly enjoyed this podcast today and I can't thank you enough for being here and being on it. I think that our listeners got some great information. I think our listeners are going to want some more information and I just, I can't encourage them more to just reach out to you and talk because retirement's so important. What we're going to do after we're done working is so important. So. Well, like I said, I was on the radio at I think it came up to about eight years in the Houston area. It was called a Preserving Your Money show. And I did an hour at a time. And every hour, I, I never ran out of material to talk about the next week. It's Retirement planning is complex. And there's a lot of different ideas for different people out there. Uh, but they need to know this information before they decide what's right for them. Troy, it's been a pleasure having you, sir. Well, thank you very much. You've been listening to The Beef Podcast, sponsored by Community Bank of Texas, an FDIC member and equal housing lender. Be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts so you never miss an episode. For more small business stories, follow Beefy Marketing on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. To share your story, visit us at beefymarketing.com. Till next time, thanks for listening to The Beef Podcast.